February the 26th, 2013. This is the iDeveloper Podcast, episode 81. Hello, John. How are you? I'm dandy, and I'm glad we've we've had 80... Well, after we've done this, we will have had 80 wonderful podcasts together, and I hope we'll make it to 82 as well, and then 87 and 129. Uh, Scotty, I want to grow old on the air with you. Oh, John, that's so sweet. John, John, this is a sign of me trying to remain level-headed. <laughs> now, what, what, what might you be referring to? You know, I think that the big challenge we're going to have in making it to, to 80 Tudorful uh, podcast is that you seem to have uh, struck a nerve, my dear Scotty, over the last two episodes. I seem to have managed to upset quite a few people, don't I? Yes. So shall we delve into this? Shall we try to make a, this? We're going to follow restorative practices. There's some Northern California concepts for you that I see in schools. You know, when, 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 when kids get into fights or something, you know, they, that you're supposed to try and repair the damage and help people come to an understanding and stuff. But just, just can I sample some of the, 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 the feedback that I've gotten? You can. I just want to give you a warning, though. You know, um, uh, you, did you see the Coen Brothers remake of True Grit? No. No. Okay. Then it's the, the for those who have the, there's the, the scene where what um, Rooster Cogburn is in court, supposed to be being the um, calm and level-headed witness, mm. until he just says, "No, shoot the buggers." So that's uh, the <laughs> okay. mood I'm in, John. So let's just. <laughs> All right. Well, that's I, good. I'm see, on the see. witness stand. I'm sat here on the witness stand. Do you want to make the case for the prosecution? The case for the prosecutions. Okay. So somebody, and this is public tweet, so I said no problem sharing it. I've been bootstrapping since 2001. Am I indie? Rhetorical. I'm not a full-time employee anywhere. Then, your definition of indie has always been my goal, hence the bootstrapping comment. The way it was defined, though, came off cliquish and elitist. Maybe I'm just cranky today. So that was from, from one of our listeners, and, and he was speaking to to, to, Casa, you know, to, to, uh, to Saul and, and you and me. And then I've, I've had some email f- feedback and, and some other ones. But the, the, the main gist of it, from what I can understand, is that people were taking umbrage with a definition of who is not is not an indie developer, an indie businessman, indie whatever. And, and from, from my understanding of your argument is that if you're going to say you're an indie, that, that you have to make a distinction between what you, know, what you are. If you're making a product, then you should be having 100% of your sales come from your product. If not, then, then you know, you're, not, you're not building a product. That's not your business, so call yourself a consultant or call yourself something else. I mean, is, is my understanding of, of your argument. And, and, I, and I agree with it that if you're going to be real about making a product, you have to, to take all these extra steps. And if you aren't prepared or able or, or committed to doing them, you, then you should not even, you know, stop fooling yourself. And, uh, you know, I, I totally get that. On the other hand, I'm also sympathetic to, to people saying, look, you know, my, my way of thinking about India is somebody who's not full-time employed by, by some organization. So that, you know, by, by they put together their, their, their living, their, their thing through combinations of different things. I certainly did that for, for, for several years. You know, I would have loved for, for Memory Miner to, to be able to provide 100% of my income, but I happen to live in, in one of the most expensive parts of the world, San Francisco. And, and it, you know, I, for very 
various times it was able to, but not in a consistent basis. And I just n never was able to get it to, you know, a kind of a regular cycle, certainly not by myself. But um, I didn't consider my, you know, I, I, I didn't think that I was working for the man, although I would say that I had a butthead for a boss. So that seems to be the flavor of the feedback that, that I've been getting, and I, and I believe that's where some people are coming from. What say you, Mr. Scotty? Okay, right. Here, here's my definitions, and to get it clear, anybody else can have whatever definitions they like. This is the way I view the world, um, and uh, what I believe is is the different ways of uh, categorizing things. If people disagree with me, that's fine. Everybody mm -hmm. can uh, agree for themselves what they want. Okay, um, and it's possible to be multiple things at once. I, what, I, I guess what I was saying. Okay, let me let me give a little bit of background where it's coming from. I think there's a lot of people out there calling themselves indie developers who have not produced anything themselves that will give them the independence that they're asking for, that they're claiming they have in that title. Okay? Um, the word indie, independence, is independent. That's where it's coming from. Do you get up in the morning and make a decision on what feature goes in what product and when it gets released and at what price it gets released at? Are you independent or is somebody telling you what to do? Um, okay, so if you are, by very, its very nature, consulting, you cannot, if your, your main income is consulting, in that you are not an indie, because somebody else is telling you what to do. You may not work for them officially, you may not be a legal entity with them, you may pick what hours you work and how many hours a week you work for them, but at the end of the day, somebody else tells you what to do, and tells you what's needed, and tells you where it's going. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. There's lots, you know, I do consultancy and there's nothing wrong with it. What I wanted to get through is, um, I think if you want that indie title properly and officially, um, and you want it to be your main part of who you are, then you have to focus on every part of developing the product, including selling it, to which I just made the statement that I believe Mac and iOS people, because of their aversion to marketing, don't do very well. Many of them don't do very well because we impose our own views upon our customers instead of what our customers may or may not think about things. So now you've mentioned the word bootstrapping. Bootstrapping is a um, uh, a perfectly you know valid and reasonable thing. Bootstrapping is where you use some other income to support doing something that isn't producing its own income yet. So almost every indie product has to be bootstrapped at some point uh, in order to do it. Um, if I set out and write a new product tomorrow, um, even if I just take money from my savings account and put it into you know, a new product bank account, I'm bootstrapping it because the product is not uh, in its own right yet making money. So bootstrapping is a technique by which products can be got out the door. Now you might be choosing to bootstrap your indie business through consulting. That's fine. But as a consultant, that doesn't make you an indie. Does that make any sense? Or if I just confused it even more? <laughs> no, I don't think you confused it anymore. But I mean, for example, you know, I, I, I did nearly two years of work and I talked about it in, 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 in my talk in Amsterdam last summer. So if people are interested, they can have a look at it. But, you know, I took huge portions of, of memory miner, both algorithm and code, and they didn't tell me what to do. I came to them and I said, this is the product that you can build it. So I was a, you know, practically a one man shop in, in that particular case. 
So, I mean, when I when I think about, you know, I mean, even the word consultant is kind of a loaded term because it has a bunch of, of bad connotations, deservedly so. You know, a definition of a consultant is somebody who takes your watch and tells you what time it is. You know, so, but, but you know... I think the yeah. point is here, John, people, uh, you know, if people get upset, that's fine if they want to get upset. Yeah. Um, I don't think anybody's really getting upset it, I think it's, at all. It's, yeah, I don't, I think that uh, any other business, if you went into any other business field and said that you were an independent, um, but then actually it turned out that you did most of your work for other people as opposed to doing your own your own thing um it would be seen as not being independent Mm -hmm. um and i think we uh shouldn't delude ourselves about these things i think we should be you know we should understand the real situation we're in i think that you know my my message here isn't that india is bad or people shouldn't do it my message here is i don't i think there are far more people should be indie but if they want to do that they have to sort of uh, put far more effort into the other sides of being indie other than just writing the code. Hmm. And one of those things is to sell things to people. And um, most people um, are, you know, they don't, um, you know, they don't like that. They don't, the, the idea of selling is is horrible to them. And therefore we try to, uh, this is very generalistic, obviously, as opposed to, you know, anything about any individual you know, we, we sort of try to put ourselves, um, I, I, the term I think that I think heard someone use it, you know, my statement was a bit elitist. Um, actually, I think we as an industry make ourselves a bit elitist by thinking that we don't need to sell. We're far above selling. Um, and therefore we can just make all these lovely products and have these lovely websites. But of course we're not, you know, and we're, we're not going to do any selling techniques because we're, we're above that. Um, but actually, yeah, we're above that, but we don't sell enough of anything, therefore we have to go and do other work as well. Mm. Um, so I think the, the whole, uh, the whole, um, uh, well, I don't know what the word I want, uh, the whole, not community, community itself could be considered to be elitist, uh, by that attitude, really. Well, Am I just no, upsetting more people? No, I don't think so. But, <laughs> I, but I, I hear what you're saying. But you know, I think that the reality is, is that people people are, try really hard, and and I think that they, you know, it, you pointed out something I think was was spot on that you basically said that you know the the, the, the prevailing idea is that you know build it and they will come. You make some, you put all your effort into building the best possible product you can, then you kind of have to follow the the minimum steps, and, and people then think, well, that should be enough. But that the reality is that there's a huge, huge hard slog just to make people aware of your app you know and it's all the worse now i mean it's it's, it's, i think it's 10 times more difficult in the same way it's 10 times more difficult if you're a musician you know you can you can record for nothing and you can build a piece of software for nothing given open source tools that are out there and and the basic distribution mechanisms everybody and their mother can do it and everybody and their mother is doing it so it's that much more difficult to, to to be heard but i think that uh it, where where I think that people could say you know that that it comes off elitist is this idea of like well you know I'm successful and if you can't be successful like me then then you suck and I don't, I don't think that that's what you meant I think that that but but I've I'm, I'm not an indie I haven't claimed to be an indie no no I, I'm not saying that, that okay, as I great. Uh, so so it's 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 no, not no, 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 so let, let, let me, 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 me different thing right 
subplot of what I was getting is that you know for the for those of you who are, are trying and not succeeding, there are reasons why you're not succeeding. You know that that really boil down to a, a small number of things. Either there's fundamental problems with your your product, or there's fundamental problems with the way that you are, are connecting with your customers. And if you are unable to to kind of take the to walk down that path and figure it out, then you're just going to keep banging your head against the wall, and then you are going to get into this this cycle where you say, "Well, I'm not succeeding well with my product, but that's okay. I can." The thought of working for the man is so distasteful. I will just keep slogging along. And that that <clears throat> if you say that more people should be Indian more than than theoretically, I think that it, it, it's not like saying that you're saying well, more people should fit on the lifeboat. You know, but that that the, in other words, that you believe that that there there more people can be successful. And and there are ways of going about finding it. And you were saying, <clears throat> I think early on, is that that stop listening to our podcast and go listen to a sales oriented podcast. Speaking of which, did you not say that you'd had some uh, some feedback from the people who do the microconf? Yeah, the uh, <laughs> the guys who did microconf. Microconf was the uh, the conference that um, Saul had been to that uh, he thought was. Um uh, he was being quite tactful on the show. Uh, he did, they, they didn't like some of the attitudes in there. Um, they just, uh, wrote in and said, you know, thank you for the, um, the discussion about the conference. Uh, they thought it was a good discussion. Um, obviously they came down on my side because I was more in favor of the talks than, um, uh, Saw was so, but that's not surprising because anybody was having a debate about NS conference, <laughs> I would come down on the side of the person who was more for me than, than against yeah. me. That's uh, uh, that's that's obvious. Um, you know, they just pointed out they were these are guys who run businesses. Everyone who was in that uh, conference, um, you know, I don't know if anybody's been and had a look at the the talks. And by the way, all of the videos uh, that are on the site are all of the talks. There was a suggestion that maybe some of them were missing in not good ones. I think they did a couple of things called teardown sessions where people could just um, shout out the name of their website and have it ripped apart on the spot uh, sort of thing. Um, but uh, uh, so uh, all those sessions there, I mean, these people who were doing them that, you know, there was, um, you know, people who do things like um, WP Engine. I use WP Engine. Uh, people, uh, the people, Kissmetrics, mm-hmm. um, uh, the guy behind um, Balsamic, the wiring thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these these are the people doing these talks. So they're not sort of, these are guys who've produced product um, or something to sell. They're not just marketers uh, doing it. Um, you know, and, but they admit, you know, the guys, I'm sort of paraphrasing their email, they said, you know, you know there is a balance between selling um, hard and being eth- you know being ethical and you know each person has to make that choice and you know and some people do overstep the line um but uh yeah they were just uh our conversation got out there somehow yeah <laughs> so they were just they they were just writing in on that i think you know i, I people need to understand me here john that i i'm not ha- having a go just because i like having a go i think we can do better as an industry I think mm-hmm. we can be an industry of independent software developers. You know, let, let, let's face it, most people's, no, not most, that's too generic. A lot of people who set out to write a software product set out with the dream, I don't know if you did with Memory Miner, of that product, investing their life into it for however many years it, it's of interest to them, um, and it producing their income and them doing what they want with it. You know, That's the dream, and the reality is a tiny percentage of the people who set out on that dream reach that dream and I don't think it's because their dream wasn't reachable I think it's because we don't necessarily do it properly we focus on the tech 
too, uh, too much. Got to focus on there and not the business. That's all I'm saying. I think we can do better. I think we can see more success stories. I can see we can see more indies out there. But we have to face reality of where we're at right now. And I think our problem is our aversion to selling. We, we put that upon our products and therefore we don't sell them. Well, I mean, here's something I think about. It's like, you know, I have been writing software for a number of years now and I find it really easy. You know, and I think part of the reason why I find it easy is it's not just because I'm doing it. While I think that the, the tools and the processes and, and the amount of the, the, the building blocks, I mean, to, you know, you build a Mac app, you build an iOS app, you're already starting with a, with, a, with a framework that's so powerful. Then on top of that, if you know how to look, you can find solutions to virtually any problem that, that you face in, in development of it pretty damn quickly. And so, you, yeah, so when you said that, you know, 40% of the time should be spent on doing it, at first blush, you'd say, how could that possibly be? Uh, to me, uh, that I, I can see no problem with that. But I also say that from the perspective of now that I've done it for, for quite some time, both, you know, doing enterprise stuff is, is one thing, but, you know, building complete finished, start to finish apps, you know, by yourself or, or, or with a, with a helpful cup of people to me, it's, it's piece of cake. What I found very, very difficult and what I think people still find difficult are, are you know, where, where's the, where's the kind of the equivalent ease of satisfying the issue or satisfying or solving the problem with building up, you know, uh, uh, getting newsletters written or contacting your customers or building a customer management system of some sort that you get from, you know, getting a snippet of code or understanding how to do something by searching and, and finding it on Stack Overflow. You, you really can't. It's like you can't solve the, the design problem on Stack Overflow the way that you can solve the, the, the core animation timing problem. See what I'm saying? It's like the, the, that bit of infrastructure sure seems to be missing. And you remember there were a couple of shows where I was super excited about things like, uh, oh, God, what was the name of it? Uh, Shine, you know this 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 dashboard which I started using, which really made my life a lot easier. Or, or when I, I talked multiple times about Dan Wood's you know mechanism for that he uses at Corellia for for managing users, and you know I kept saying, "Gosh, you should release that. It's so good." It's like I couldn't because you know it's it's it. it, it is absolutely kind of duct tape and bailing wire, at least at the time, and and it was not fun to do, but I knew how important it was, so I just did it. But th- those are the things that that you know, if, if there was some mechanism, if there was some way for for people who, for whom selling and customer management and that type of thing is is as easy to them as 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 writing code is for us, I think that would it, it increase the success rate for 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 indie product makers. No. No, I, I agree. Uh, I, I think we have this, you know, oh dear, I'm going to dig myself an even bigger hole now. Um, and, I, and I fall into this one all of the time. So this isn't a criticism of anyone other than myself in a way, um, is that, you know, we have to control everything. We have to have the code for everything. We have to uh, to do everything. So you've just said you couldn't release your your um, piece of code because it was all bootstrapped and uh, uh, duct taped and whatever else you know and that's how developers would have wanted code and do this themselves whereas actually wouldn't have that idea be better if someone had been able to run a software as a service app and set all that stuff up for you and you could pay 20 bucks a month and have it all all work um (sighs) totally that's what i'm saying is that 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 type of thing doesn't exist i mean think think about about sorry go ahead (sighs) we don't think 
we we always think technically we don't think business wise and i'm sorry i i'm just going to keep making generic general statements i know there are lots of people who don't do this so please you know if you're one of them you know forgive me i'm just going to do that because it's just easier than qualifying every single time um I have uh, I love testimonials about people how they've set their businesses up. Okay, and over the last six months, I've probably listened to about thirty or forty different testimonials of people who've released software products out there. Uh, funny enough, not one of them has been a Mac app. Um, there's been Windows apps and uh, some web uh, web apps and in different different things. Uh, I didn't particularly avoid Mac apps; it just happened that none of them I listened to were. Um, it, it was an interesting statement. Obviously, every single one of these companies that are being successful-ish at the moment, successful being they're earning a living off their what they're doing. They're not having to do something else to bootstrap it. That's that's my definition of success in that environment. Um, is um, that every single one of them, no, that's not true, a good portion of them, uh, they began their journey saying, okay, I'm a software developer, I'm going to develop a software developer product. Oh, I know all about software development. Let me develop a product for developers to make their life easier, to make their business smoother. And every single one of them came to the conclusion, the worst people in the world are sell to are developers because we're so tight with our money and actually we want to control everything ourselves that we make a terrible market. We are the worst customers in the world. But the trouble is what we do is those thoughts and feelings we have of being about a customer, we impose on our customers, which is why we don't do the right thing to, to, to then you know sell to them properly. Yeah. Um, you see, I, I'd love to take a challenge. Okay, I, I would. I would love to. I can't see anybody who's going to be prepared to do this, so um, I'm going to put it out there anyway. All right, yeah, let's take a product, right? That, that that's out there. Um, it's a reasonable idea. It's got to be a reasonable idea, um, and uh, it, it's got to have a reasonable, you know, a reasonable 1.0 set of functionality or 1.1 set of functionality. Yeah, it's got to be. You can't be uh, in there. But I, th- I think, you know, someone, you know, you, you, you do side by side, someone take that exactly the same product and um, might re- rename it and rebrand it for one person and have one person carry on with the track of, I'm just going to keep adding new features, adding new features, doing my minimal marketing. I'm going to build this up into the most super duper product ever and, and just see what it does and have the other person take it and other than bug fixes, because bugs are obviously no good, don't add a single feature to that product, but just learn how to market it properly. And the second person will be more successful with that product. Hands down. They'll run circles around it. Um, and isn't it, uh, you know, isn't our, isn't our success as an indie developer is the fact that people like and buy our product. It's not how technically how good it is. I mean, that's a satisfaction and we should write good code, and we should write good products, and that's something the Macs and the iOS community are pretty good at. But success is that it sells. Hmm. And we seem to forget that. Anyway, I think we're boring people, John. Um, yep. So you could you could think about what we're going to do uh, next. Um, someone's asking, is there a guest today? No, this is why we're waffling on this way. I am going to cover our sponsor, because our sponsor love us, and see, they're sponsoring us because they want to learn how to sell. Not that they want to learn, because they are selling. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. Anyway, before I put them off as well, um, our sponsor this week, as usual, is Invasive Code. Our invasive Code? Invasive Code. Invasive Code? 
Invasive Everybody code. loves invasive code. See, we couldn't even get that right. <laughs> uh, they are um, uh, iOS developer trainers, so they do give you the technical training. Um, they run their training all over the world. They've got uh, training on 26th of April in San Francisco, uh, 24th of May in San Francisco, uh, July in Italy, and September in Barcelona. Um, you can either take a five-day intensive training course to learn iOS 6, this is to develop iOS 6, or the three-day beginner course, uh, or the two-day advanced course. The intense course, five days courses, both those the three and that two-day one together. Um, you can check them out at training.invasivecode.com. Um, if you uh, use a coupon code, which uh, I did put in the show notes last week, as I promised, and this week I will actually tell you what it is. Uh, if you use the coupon code IDEVTV-2013, you can get $200 off uh, when you book. Um, and these guys offer high quality training, um, seven hours during the day, a couple of hours in the labs in the evening to catch up, be with the instructor, maximum of 10 people per course, which is the killer feature, as we always say, you get the lunch, you get but the book, you get uh, the slides, um, you get the samples, and you get three months of email support afterwards. Can't ask more than that from a training program, if you ask me. So that's Invasive Code at training.invasivecode.com. Dot com. Go check them out. Say hi from us. Get you 200 bucks off. Thanks, Sheppy and the team at Invasive Code for sponsoring the show. Ah, right, John, is this a subject that is worth continuing with? Or do we just shut up now and have a short episode? Uh, well, let, let's, let's give our due to, to, to uh, Twalters. <laughs> I, love, I love trying to pronounce people's handles. That's Chris Walters. Chris no, I, I know, yeah. I know. Oh, but John. I like... Just like I, I, I know, but it's still it's it's more fun to pronounce it as Twalters. So Twalters said a couple of different things that I thought were worth repeating. One is that you know saying that the the word you're looking to describe indie indie consultants boutique consultancy. It sounds more impressive, but it also conveys a bit of freedom, that bit of romanticism that the indie word connotes for product developers. So yeah, I buy that. I think that's good. But then he's asking you know to you to you know describe a per well to any of us to. to Asking rhetorically, what is the perfect indie product developer day? What would it be like? So, you tell me. If you think that if 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 you've released your product, you know, and uh, how how would you, how would you think your your day would would be going? Yeah, I mean, there is no perfect indie developer day. It depends what your product's doing, and then the results of it. It's all about, um, you know. <laughs> I, I think it's about staying on top of of where you are. I think. Uh, um, you know, you've you've released your product. That's great. Okay. Uh, my first question is, how did you know it's the right product to release? You know, did you even start there, or was it just a good idea? Okay. So we'll assume you've asked that question, and you and you did your research, and you did find out that it was going to be, um, you know, a, a decent product to to release. Um, yeah, as, I don't know if I said this last week or not. I'm looking at um, a product at the moment. I um, an idea. I'm, I've have an interest in, and I wanted to find out what people thought about it. Um, you know, the idea. So I've just put up a landing page. Um, I haven't advertised the landing page anywhere with my name on it because I didn't want people who just follow me or know me going and just having a look and signing up because they knew me because that skews all the figures. So I'm still not going to say what the landing page is. Um, uh, yeah, so I put some text up there, uh, put it out there, um, just an email sign up if you're interested in this product. Now I know, you know, you've got a, you know, people signing up to be interested isn't the same as people signing up to buy, 
but there's always going to be a funnel. There's always a sales funnel. So if after doing a little bit of, I did a few Google AdWord, a little bit of a Google AdWord campaign, set a little bit of budget aside and said, okay, I'm going to be happy to spend this much, try some different keywords, um, drove people to that landing page um, for a two-week period and said, how many email addresses do I get? And I said, I said, if I, you know, if I get more than X, then it's worth me now spending the next month or however many hundred dollars or thousand dollars going to the next phase to test my idea. Um, uh, so going out there, if you want to know the results is we had, um, I, I left the page up for about 10 days and had just under 700 signups for email. So that to me, that's a good enough place for me to start investigating the next stage. Um, so, you know, th- that, but that was coming from, you know, before as a te- technical person, I'd have had an idea. I'd have started writing it and then seeing what people thought. I could have spent two or three weeks writing code. Um, only to find out no one, no one give a toss about what I was just writing or the idea even. Whereas at least now I'm setting out with an indication that in 10 days, I at least got 700 people to raise an eyebrow and say, Oh, that might be interesting. They didn't say it would be, but it might be. Stuff like that is not huge, but when you make up your, you know, when your life starts getting made up with lots of stuff like that, uh, so, you know, how many people visit your website? Okay, is it enough? If you had a decent conversion rate, you know, do you have enough people visit your website that you could be earning a living if you had a decent conversion rate, but they're not buying? If they're not buying, why aren't they buying? Are you doing analysis there? Or is it the fact that only seven people visit your website each week? You know, but you're converting 50% of them. Okay, so your focus now is to get more people to your website. If you're getting enough people, why aren't they buying? If you're getting people into the, um, uh, the, the cart, but they're not pressing buy, what's going wrong there? Where are people dropping out of your sales funnel? You know, what is it? That is just as much business, you know, looking and working on your product and selling your product is, is writing the code is. That would make as much difference to how much money you make as the next feature you add. More so, so uh, and it, and it's doing that. So, so that will depend on where you're at. It might be actually you you yeah. You know, don't get me wrong. Features are important. It might be that you discover through doing analysis or whatever that the reason people aren't buying is because it doesn't have this feature. That's great. At that point, you code the feature and you get on with it because you have some sort of evidence. Are you taking feedback? Are you are you trying to work out why people are not buying? Are you even going out and asking them? Are you using all the Google tools to do? Um, if someone's been to your website, that they might see one of your Google ads within the next twenty minutes after leaving your website. I know all that stuff's a bit spooky, but that sort of stuff works. Um, you know, so it depends on where you are in your product. There is no such thing as a perfect indie day. There might be your perfect day. My perfect day might be to get up and write some really nice networking code because I love networking code. But if I just spend every day writing networking code, I'm never going to produce a product, am I? That I can, that's going to do anything. Uh, it's about doing whatever's necessary to make my product uh, be good enough that my customers will love it and then get those customers. That's so, what it's about. So, so when you boil it down, it sure sounds to me that, that, that the most productive use of your time is not thinking about you and the joy you get from, from building something, but thinking about your customers, whether that you're trying to see if there are customers or to get customers. I was just going to add that you know if you're not – once you've released a product, if you can't go out and, and get in contact with your customers one way or another and, and, and offer them some, some value, they buy your product and you, you hit them with a newsletter 
here that says here's three or four interesting things that you could do with a product and as proof for it here here are people that have actually done it. in other words kind of testimonials so you know if if, if your product make something that is viewable on the web, make four or five different you know, links to that thing that is then viewable on the web and say, look, this is awesome. Look, they were able to do it. You might not, not have thought about using the product to do this or, or thought you could do that. But if that's that's what you should be doing. In the end, you've released a product. The only thing that matters is what people will say about it. It's, it's, whereas everybody thinks it's, it's all speeds and feeds. It's not. If it, 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 the only thing that matters is, is, is what your customers have to say about that. And if you can't get them to say something good about that, then then you've got a problem. And that's that's the same whether it's you're selling enterprise software or consumer software. Yeah, it's getting into the head of what works with your customer. Okay, yeah. showing your customer something they showing your customer or a potential customer something they may like and may help them is not sleazy. It's useful and helpful. Yeah. I mean, through 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 the research I've been doing recently, you know, and I'm I'm just really beginning to learn this stuff, and I don't want to sound like some know it all because I don't know anything. Um, you know, it's it's only it's only occurred to me recently, and I've only come to understand recently, and this may be obvious to everyone else, that outside of technical people, most people love email. They love it. Yeah. Yeah. They love receiving newsletters. They love receiving something with some information in their like. Um. Email to them has the greatest importance of anything else because it sits in their inbox alongside, you know, the letter from Granny, from the notification from so and so, and it's and it sits there and it's it, it and it holds status. You know, the blog post has no status. The you know the website such has no status. Email is the most powerful marketing tool there is if you can put it get the right email to the right people. If it's not the right email to the right people, it's spam. Um, but we have a loathing of email as technical developers, and therefore we place that loathing upon everybody else and hate doing it and won't do it. And yet, so we, we turn down what is by far the most... You know, why do you think spammers spend so much money on spam? Uh, because, because it, it works. works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah and, and this is the type... Of, this is all I'm trying to say is our mindset needs to change. We need to be realistic about who we are, um, you know, and, and not try to pretend we're something we're not. And, um, you know, there we are. I'm, I'm repeating myself again there. But, uh, so the perfect indie day is doing the thing that will make your product uh, sell to more customers or make you, your customers buy more of your product. Um well, in a way that you can feel good about. That's the perfect indie day. If you are just sleezing people into buying something that doesn't do the job for them, that's not being good. That's not right. But I had, okay, I had an argument on app.net recently. Um, I've had quite a lot of those recently. I'm having an argument online now and whatever else as well about valuing time. Okay, I don't know what you, I'd be interested in your opinion on this, John. I've said, I said every indie developer... And I'll leave it up to you to define if you're an indie developer or not. Okay. But when you're spending that time being indie, working on your stuff, should put a dollar value on their time. And you should cost everything you do, every single decision you make, everything you spend more than 10 minutes on, you should cost and ask, is that a good investment of that money? End of story. And if you did, if people did that, they would not do half the things they currently do. If you if you valued your time at a hundred dollars an hour, for example, just to pick a, just to pick a number, uh, based on the recent survey from uh, Simon Wolf, um, if you uh, did that, and then you spent eight hours 
trying to get the gradient right on the button, would you say that was a good use of $800? <coughs> no. <laughs> it, 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 but we, as an indie, we would happily sit there for eight hours trying to get the gradient right on the button because we see the gradient is important. We don't value our time. How, what is the best you know, what is the best use of your time? Anyway, your time is your most valuable asset as an indie. What, and, you know, if you don't, if you need to value it in order to make the rest decisions with it. And, and I think if we did that, that would change a lot of things. Well, I mean, so, so you hit on something and it's, it's back to the same thing. You are valuing your time or your, your, your gratification because at the end of the day, then you can either kind of make the tweet saying, yeah, I spent eight hours polishing the crap out of my, my gradient button. Now it's done. And, and, and I, I'm not surprised by that people's inclination for that because they, they have been told regularly about this need for this super in, in, insane level of polish. But 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 or even if it's not something that is beautiful to look at, it's an algorithm that you know you can say, "Wow, I shaved ten milliseconds off each each run through this loop." Whatever, you know, you're gratifying yourself. You're not gratifying your customers. So it's 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 you know to to paraphrase the paraphrase the the Steve Jobs commencement thing. You you know instead of you know looking in the mirror and asking yourself if if you're you know what you're about to do is meaningful to you, you should be asking yourself if is what I'm about to do going to help my customers in any way and if not then there's your problem and Gabby does it being an indie doesn't mean you have to do everything either it means you're responsible for the decisions so you can outsource stuff as well if you wish to if if, if you don't like certain stuff um just outsource it, it you know, but it's your you know, decide what you're outsourcing how it's got to be done um and pay someone else to do it that's still you being independent you're you know you're getting someone else to do the consultancy for you. Um, so I'm not saying you have to do everything, but you have to be responsible for everything, and it's up to you to make the decisions to do it. Um, the trouble with this with outsourcing is, for whatever reason, for such a high-paid industry, we are incredibly tight with our money as developers. We don't think anything about going dropping a thousand dollars, you know, on a new mobile device or, you know, oh, a new Retina MacBook Pro, however many thousand dollars that is. Yeah, but ask them to spend, you know, ask them to spend, you know, twenty dollars a month on some useful support service. And no, 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 I'll sort out myself with a bit of email and stitch it together with this. And <laughs> we're just terrible. Yep. Oh, I agree. You know, and 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 it comes back to those things. Like, the, eventually, those services are there. I mean, my 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 biggest. You know, uh, happiness now, or whatever happiness is not the word, but confidence now is is in the network that I develop. But that network has taken many years to do it, and I wished I had spent more time developing it beforehand. And and developers tend to be a little bit more shy than most people. They tend to live in their code or live in their their engineering world. And um, you know, whether you think you're going to spend full time doing that or not, the ability to be able to go out and have empathy and 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 nice interactions with people is wildly important. But but here here's an interesting question that Saul raises. How do you balance the cost of building product you need to ship between the product vision in your mind? So that's always the question. It's like you have like this this idea for perfection then you never reach it, you never reach it, you never release anything. So I, that is you know an exceptionally hard thing to deal with because then it comes down to, you know, should I spend time doing this or helping the customers I have? You know, should should I take what I have and if it does a couple of things or does the one thing well, should I be like just Focusing on that and 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 hyping the hyping the 
and not in a bad way, but you know, bringing a megaphone to to success people are having with 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 simpler things. I mean, that's because that that is a thing that 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 always got me, and I think it gets a lot of other people is that you kind of think that oh. You know this one thing that it does. It's that that's the least important aspect of my vision. There there are two or three things that people would do with memory miner, and I would think to myself, "Gosh, that that's the least important thing." But they loved it. They absolutely loved it, and, and I think that's true for a lot of products. You know, think about about the you know the, the the accountancy thing that you said that it automates this one ugly process, and man, is it ugly in doing it. But it's a huge win for somebody. So just amplifying that, telling people, telling the world stories about how that helped people. That's you know. That's really good. And so if the choice comes between, you know, focusing on the next thing that really impresses you versus what is impressive in the here and now to your customers, go for the what's here impressive here and now for your customers. All right, John, here's, here's an, a statement that's going to offend people. All right. All right. And I haven't been sat here just purposely trying to find a statement to offend people. Oh, you've been, you've been honing this statement. You? Right. Okay. This is topical. Yeah. Oscars. Yeah. The Oscars mm-hmm. were just last weekend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And lots of us look at uh, look at the Oscars, and we think, well, there's an industry that's up itself. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, and and you know, you look at the film industry, and you see all this stuff, and yeah, there are some really great films that come out of the film industry, and there are some really crap films, and they sit there and they celebrate themselves and what's good about filmmaking. Okay, I think we look at. We, we look at uh, uh, products in the same way that people in the movie industry look at films. We look at it from a totally different point of view from the people who just go watch the films look at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And when we get into all this, as you just said, all this extra polish and all this stuff that wins the ADA awards and all this stuff that wins this, that's our Oscars. And we do not have a good perspective from the outside world. We begin to say that unless I produce an Oscar... Um, you know, an Oscar-winning piece of software, it's not worth my time. And yet, every single year, hundreds and hundreds of small independent films and brilliant low-budget films are released that never stand a chance of getting near the Oscars, that thousands and thousands of people, if not millions of people, go to the movies to watch and enjoy and love. Software's no difference. You know, we don't have to produce an Oscar-winning piece of software to produce good software. You can do low-budget. It doesn't have to have all that polish immediately. You can produce something, get it out the door, and people will buy it and enjoy it if it's useful to them. Then you'll get the People's Choice Award, and the People's Choice. You know what the People's Choice Award is? Them buying your damn software. Yeah. So there we are. It's. Right. I think. I think we've created. A, we've created an environment for ourselves over since since the delicious era, since about uh, the the ten point five leopard time. We have. You know, I'm just thinking when I came into the Mac. Around 10.4, early 10.4 time. I've not been around long. It was about well-designed, good quality software. At 10.5, with the core animation stuff and the delicious stuff, it became far more about how it looks and feels and whatever else. And, and, and none of that is wrong. But if you go back and look at software... There was still good software in 10.4's days. There was good solid software. People would still said it was quality. People still loved Mac software because it was robust. They loved Mac software because it was consistent. All those things are still possible without all that fuzz on top right now. Um, and I think we've whooped ourselves up into our own frenzy that is damaging us instead of helping us as a bunch of indies in the industry. 
But there we are. I'll so agree. I'm going to shut right. up now because people are going to be really bored of my voice. Um, and uh, I don't want to sort of just waffle on for the sake of it. But, uh, you know, to me, I think um, we have a lot of very talented people producing some... Uh, sourcing that the the, uh, the bar is set pretty high these days. Is that bad? Um, the answer is yes. If it stops people producing software, which I think it does. I think lots of people never release a piece of software because they think I cannot produce Pixelmator or whatever it is. You know. Um, you know, it's been noticeable at the ADAs for the, the Mac ADAs when they when they have them when they bother having them. Um, at WWDC, you know, whenever a, a Mac app wins an award, other than the student award, you know, it's often six, seven, eight, nine people that get up on the stage to receive the award. You know, that's now full scale companies. Um, you know, the, you know that one person cannot produce software to that level, but that doesn't mean one person cannot produce good software that the customers will buy. Customers like it if it looks nice, but they like it if it... They may, they don't buy your software because it looks nice initially. They buy your software because it solves a problem and that they have at a price they think is worth paying for it. And they were able to discover that it solved that problem in the first place because they found it somehow, because hopefully you told them about it. Um, you know, I, I, yeah, we can't... We've become Oscarified, is the word I'm going to use, and uh, it's it's not doing us any favors. That's my view. If you don't like it, well, toss off. There's, um, <laughs> and they said you were the level-headed one, John. <laughs> we have to switch. I want I want the hate mail to go to be to be about you next time. So this is the agreement. Anybody who doesn't like me, you write to John. <laughs> you write to John? <laughs> Just email John. Anybody who doesn't like what I say, you write to John. If you've got a complaint, write to John. If you're sending cash, send it to me. That's the only two rules we have. <laughs> okay. Oh, John, let's shut up. Tell people right. where they can find out about you. Uh, uh, so right. Folks, folks, I don't know if this stuff is useful to you or not useful to you. Um, it's a bit of a hobby horse I'm on at the moment. I'm on a real journey for this myself. I'm, um, you know, I'm, you know, it's... I'm an old man now, John. Mm. You know, I have to. I cannot just do things for fun. I have to think about my financial future and everything as well. And when I focus on those things, we realise some of the things we do is, is indie developers or is indie desiring indie developers doesn't make a lot of sense as a business. Mm. Um, and that's why I'm coming from this right now. Anyway, John, tell people where where they're from so they can get hold of you and send all those complaints. Okay, so you can find out all about my product, MemoryMiner, at MemoryMiner.com. If you go to MemoryMiner.com slash blog, there's a whole raft of, of, of blogs about it. You can follow me, and you should follow me on Twitter as Jembe, D-J-E-M-B-E, like the West African drum. And if you're an AppNet user, you should also follow me as Jembe, D-J-M-B, like the West African drum. And my name is Scotty. I'm opinionated, uh, but I can't help it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and you can follow me on uh, Twitter as MacDevNet. Uh, you can follow me on app.net as Scotty. Uh, John, it's NS Conference next week. We're yes. going to come over. We're going to do gonna curry together. That's We're going to have a couple of beers together. We're going to have some great time um, with uh, over 300 other people. It's going to be the biggest NS Conference ever. Um, and uh, we're going to uh, 
Just chill out. So there's no show next week. So if everyone's got time to settle down and learn to love me again. Yeah. But, well, <laughs> no, just make, make sure that you compose your hate haikus. And so that's, that's the competition for the best hate haiku I receive. I will read it on air and buy that person a beer to the extent that that's reasonable and possible. If, if you are in my town or I'm near your town or I know somebody who's going to your town, I will buy you a beer. Oh, and, and the Erica Sadoon book draw. Yes, I realize, everybody, I never did it. Um, I have all the emails. They're sat here. What I need to do, it's been so long, I do just want to have a quick check with Erica that I can still get the books that we said we could get. And if we can, I'll just buy them myself and do it. That's not a problem, but I just that means I just need to work that out. So soon. Keep sending me the emails and reminding me because I'm rubbish at this sort of stuff. But uh, no, it it will happen soon. Okay, right. That's right. Thank you very much, everyone. Until next time, Chatroom, thank you very much for your questions. Thank you very much for sticking with us. Um, Thank you to Walters for being called Chwalters and not Chris Walters. Yes, Yes, thank you, Chwalters. Okay, Um, Simon Wolf isn't with us today. So, Why not? What what, what I would like to to do, please, is um, he's S... G-A-W on Twitter. In the next, uh, as soon as you're listening to this, either on the feeds or, um, uh, or, or right now in the chat room, just, 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 uh, tweet roar to him, please. <laughs> okay, so that he knows that we still love him. Okay, everyone, until next time, you take care. <laughs> Thank you.